Hello and welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. We are back after a few months break here to break down episode one of Survivor 43. My name is Jordan. I'm alongside co-host Andrew. And Andrew, welcome back. It's been a while, but it here has been we a are. while. Survivor 43 launched tonight and it's safe to say we are pumped about it. Absolutely. We're very pumped. And we were just talking before how I don't know about you listening, but the summertime, especially this year, I think because people could do things again, Jordan, we were doing a spike ball tournament yep. together for my birthday in August. People just want to get back to life as normal. And I'll, and I'll be the first to admit Survivor, as much as it is my favorite show, it was like I was on vacation from Survivor in the summer, put it on the shelf, had a great time, saw a lot of family and friends that are a lot of fun things with our kids. Our daughter won first place in the soccer league that we run a lot of fun. Uh, but getting back into the fall and today, literally the weather here in Ontario, like it's like it shifted just for this so that we could record because it was like cold, 10 degrees colder than it was yesterday. There was some rain and you need that comfort. And what's it going to be? It's going to be Survivor that brings you that added warmth and comfort as you head in. And yeah, here we are, man, the Survivor at Home podcast. How are you feeling? Though? How, are you excited to jump back in? I'm excited to jump back in. Same as you where the the summertime, it's the break from Survivor, like life wasn't a wasn't about it we weren't recording the podcast it was kind of back of mind and then all of a sudden this week you look at the calendar and have thursday and or wednesday night and thursday circled for the podcast recording and here we go it's we're up again um and the yeah survive we enjoy doing this podcast we've done it now two seasons we did it we've done it for a year we're marking a year anniversary uh coming up not too long from now mm -hmm. on the survivor at home the podcast and i'm i'm excited to break it down here we want to give the listeners a bit of a, a recap of what you're going to hear from us and expect from us each week uh, as we go through this podcast. So the first thing is we're going to recap each episode. So we release these podcasts usually Friday morning. The episode happens Wednesday night and you can find the podcast on Friday morning. We're going to recap the episode, break it down. We were joking just before we started recording about how our podcast is going to be longer than the episode itself. Not all the time, but a lot of the time it'll be longer. So you'll get uh, most weeks, you'll get 45 minutes of TV and an hour to an hour and a half of podcast time listening to to us. We also love to bring in guests. Uh, Andrew, do we have a theme on how we bring in our guests on this show? That's a great question. We have no theme whatsoever, except for people who are ideally a part of the Survivor at Home community, have played before, and we'll explain what that is in a second. But also this year, I had a few people even this week get in touch with me. They said, hey, I heard about your podcast. We love Survivor in our house. Would you consider having guests who haven't been on the game? So we can talk more about that. But we want people on here that love the show, that are inspired by the show. And just like, again, I hit play with our kids. We sat down. They watched it with us today, the episode. Uh, and uh, they just, you know, just, you're immediately overcome with that excitement. And you write, I was posting online, say, this is the best show on TV. It always just brings you right back in. And there's Jeff on the beach. And actually, my daughter sees Jeff. My daughter's only seven. She goes, so is he, does he stay on until he dies? <laughs> uh, which who knows, right? I mean, I do want his job, but if I can't have a job, I'm happy he's still doing it because he does it like no one else. And uh, yeah, very excited to, to have guests on. As Jordan said, each week we'll have different co-hosts, except for this week. Uh, of course, that's as our premiere, but really great content from some really good people who've been a part of this community. And again, maybe expanding beyond that so if you're listening you're a big fan thank you for listening first of all to this whether you've listened the last two seasons or this is your first time joining in with the survivor at home podcast jordan is here i'm andrew we're based here in the toronto greater toronto area 
in Canada and seeing a grow, growing audience taking in this amazing podcast, probably the best podcast in Canada about Survivor, according to London Steve Research. So I'll just leave it at that. But Jordan, anything else to detail before we hop into the episode? Oh, I think I think we hit the nail on the head there on what to expect from this podcast. And you'll hear as we go through the season, you also hear some anecdotes from Survivor at Home, the game, and we'll get uh, a little more into that, the game that inspired this podcast about the game that inspired Survivor at Home. So, uh, so well, yeah, our listeners get to hear a bit about that as well. And we'll, should we talk with that now, Jordan? Or do you want to just... break it down? You're the creator, you're the host, you're the Jeff Probst of Survivor at Home. Do you want to break it down a little bit? Yeah, a couple million less followers the Jeff, but otherwise, uh, yeah, no, we, Only during, during the, the short of it is during the pandemic, which, uh, you know, it's coming on two and a half years now when that started, we created an online version of a game. We wanted people, adults specifically, to have a place to have fun during that time to come on. So for a weekend, for two nights, 7 p.m. till 2.30 or 3 a.m., you hop on Zoom. There's games like charades and uh, like escape rooms that you have to figure out. And then the losing team from those have to go to a travel council using an online platform where you can hop in and out of video calls and have a time of socializing there's idols hidden on the website and again our website survivor at home.com it's been a blast we've done four seasons uh, we've done some lighter versions again with a heartbeat a heartbeat to bring people together it's been a joy and hopefully another one coming up uh this next january perhaps sooner still dates to be determined but that's been the heartbeat for it check it out survivor at home.com there's an incredible testimonial video from a former contestant john wani on there i recommend go to the homepage, watch his video he just recaps it better than i ever could so that is the game in a nutshell and then last year as you said jordan reaching out to me and just saying what, what if we did a podcast about this show survivor that we love each week and we started that i will say sadly this will be the first podcast we do where there will not be a canadian winner yeah uh, it's correct shout out yeah, to we, we erica started- Started doing the podcast last year for season for Survivor 41. And Erica won that season, uh, continued on Survivor 42. Marianne, both from Toronto, not only Canadians, but both from Toronto in the GTA mm-hmm. um, area, uh, two winners. But this year, no Canadians on this season. So we're sad to say that that streak will end, but that's okay. Two for two is a good uh, good percentage and good ratio. I couldn't believe it. We watched that, that finale, just to touch on that. and yeah. just. I, I was like, there's no way that another Canadian woman from this area is going to win. And and similar style of game, a little quieter, a little more under the radar, yep. but a great yep. social game, great timing, great execution. And yeah, two Canadian winners. And as they, I think Marianne said, that's, that million dollars is worth a lot more up here <laughs> it than it is it in the is. US the as exchange well. Rate, the exchange rate looks nice. That's right. Exactly. So pretty, pretty awesome well to see that. Very proud of them and, and still inspiring for us Canadians yep. here that maybe one day we'll be on there as well but jordan money kick us off take us into season 43 jumping right away you hear the the opening call in survivor and that uh the the score and the the sounds and music to open up the show scenes of fiji and mountains and islands and sand and beach and trees and uh grass and just the jungle really cool really nostalgic um to open up and the team, the survivors coming on the bus, you get, you get some of their first takes on what they're going to experience out there. You love to hear every season we hear this now, but you love to hear what people have expectations going into survivor, how they want to win, how they want to play hard, what growth opportunities they have in their life. 
And we had a couple just small anecdotes about first time to win or first finally get a shot to come out here. I've watched this show for years. And then they step on the beach for the first time. Andrew, what do you think it would be like to step on that beach? Mm -hmm. It's yeah, I think it'd be surreal. And I think it was Janine who said that like, like she, she's like, I, I almost can't believe that I'm here. It's like an out of body experience right now. And man, that would be incredible to see Jeff probes. I think Mike said that last season too, just looking yeah. over, seeing Jeff there feeling the sand between your toes. Like this is really happening. I've left my family and friends behind and I'm doing this for real. A show that I've watched on TV. Uh, and I think it was uh, Lindsay too, just saying like, I I've been a fan for so long. I finally get one shot at this. What am I going to do with this opportunity? Yeah. And, and I think it was, um, Oh yeah. Owen as well. How he, <laughs> he's like, I've always had this dream of like my face showing up on the opening credits of my name. And then they, production puts his face up on right right name, there right next. there as I well know. so janine also spoke about how um her father was an immigrant into the united states and that was his first favorite u.s tv show mm -hmm. when he when he came overseas right loved watching it and then they watched it as a family james watching from day one and earl who's also from philadelphia james is from philadelphia and earl the winner of season 14 mm -hmm. is from philly and being inspired by that as someone from my area um, can do that and then skip over to Noel. And as far as I'm aware, first amputee uh, to play Survivor, as far think, as I'm aware, at least. I think yeah, so. that I can think of. Yeah. yeah. And uh, talking about, you know, those types of struggles that you go through as an amputee and how that's also not something that she's dealt with her whole life. And it's rather recent. She didn't mention how old she is, uh, although we can probably find that pretty quickly. But she said she lost her leg at, at 19. So as pretty getting to be an adult. Um, and dealing with that and, and rebounding uh, to become a Paralympian, really inspiring stuff to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Jeff um, opening up, setting the tone. There aren't many rules out here. You decide how the game will be played. You leave your normal life. You go on an adventure. You let go of expectation. You change your life. You change how you see yourself. And you can change how others see you were a couple of things that he highlighted, along with how the players run the society out mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um you you get to make up the rules how's this game going to be played what are moves that we're going to make how are we going to regulate ourselves out here um in our brand new society all the social norms can be thrown out the window to create new ones or adjust them out on an island um just to really setting the stage for what this game looks like it is your life for however long you're in it now yeah, Jeff loves the game and he obviously knows what this game can do. It's a little cheesy what he says, like what Survivor yep. can do for you, but he's seen it, right? He's seen it season after season where people have these stories. And yeah, you, those that have listened before, you know that we love the stories and we're inspired by so many of the stories in addition just for the love of this game. And I got to say, Jordan, like right off the bat of this first episode, trying to take notes down, watching my kids, there's some really inspiring stories right out yeah. of the gate here that we're seeing and uh, just like getting emotional. My wife and I are both yeah. like, man, well, it's making us teary just yeah. watching here at this show that we love so much. Um, and we're going to get to hit a whole bunch of those because those were coming fast and throughout the entire mm -hmm. episode, some stories and giving background on a lot of these players. It's really cool to hear. Um, but right away you hop on the Island and what are you going to do? A challenge first thing out of the gate. And so this is one, uh, where they're collecting crates. They got to carry them or bring them back on a boat. And then they had to build that cube puzzle with the crates. I don't think I've seen a cube puzzle with crates quite like that before. So that was a newer one. Mm -hmm. um, and then they had to push that flint off of the, off of the pole with their 
Um, like the with bamboo, the bamboo pole. with yeah. the bamboo. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and push the ring and the key or the flint off the pole and the winner gets a flint reward and the others got to go back to camp. Um, did you notice right away, as soon as they go to start, uh, there's no starting line. Yeah. Jeff, <laughs> so Jeff, Jeff just does like the playground. Here's the start line and makes it with his foot line in the sand. I thought that was hilarious. I like, love that they're showing that stuff, man. Give us yeah. more of that every day. Just... This multi-million dollar production and right. our official start line is a line in the sand from Jeff Probst. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah, great. He's, he's my hero. Um, and no, you know, no throwback to last season or two seasons ago too with the, uh, you know, the blood and the, was it? Yeah. With high last season, the and mud and Lindsay the blood and, and the, yeah, hidden, mud and the blood. Uh, none of that, nothing you're looking like, are they going to hide? But they, this group now has watched 41 yes. and 42. And I think someone just later on references being at camp and it's like, Oh, it was easier when Jonathan watching him on, it seemed like it was so easy <laughs> when Jonathan was cutting up this bamboo. <laughs> right. So they've seen it. They know what's, what's coming. They, they know that there's nothing around the corner or there might be, but they're at least expecting that there's something there, but there's nothing, yeah. nothing there in that first challenge. No, I was I was surprised by that, but also thinking it through that kind of perspective of, yeah, they've seen it. They know they're going to start to expect that type of stuff. So things need to be different now out mm -hmm. here. And that's a good uh, a good start to this episode. Baca, the yellow tribe are the first ones to bring back their puzzle um, or at least the crates uh, and also the first to bring back the boat. Um, but Coco reaching the finish line first. Uh, but Lindsay struggled with the key early on that's a tough that's tough when you're out there uh doing that first challenge and you're solo now performing on the tribe and you're the one who's struggling um and dwight from the uh dwight from vesi is able to get the flint he puts it a cool strategy um he puts the flint inside the pole because it's that was cody yeah cody called that out yeah or, or, aka party guy we called him in our house <laughs> yeah, yeah he's like why don't you yeah why don't you try and get the flint like through the hole of the top of the bamboo and it worked strategy. really well and they yeah. got it to the top and Lindsay, yeah she was pretty disappointed in herself it's all if you've listened to the podcast before you know we talk a lot about this of just that that tension of like yeah you want to self-nominate because then you get a bit of spotlight like sammy oh. does some good things for his tribe but alternatively that early on when you put the spotlight on yourself the blame is on you. And Lindsay just yep. says, I, I thought I could do this, but you're out here. And it's just a lot harder doesn't than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. She, she kind of insinuated, like, you think you can do it. And then survivor kind of humbles you of like, it's not as easy as it looks out here. And mm -hmm. we love to, to say that type of line, but she just lived it. It's not mm -hmm. as easy as it looks. Um, so Vessi wins reward. And then there's a penalty for losing, which is that uh, Baca and Coco both have to earn Flint. Immediately when I saw they had to earn Flint, I went, sweat or savvy but what are they going to do because you can't you just did they'll know the the triangle puzzle right uh, they'll know the answer someone's going to remember that answer our daughter literally goes again who's seven goes wait didn't they do something with triangles yeah. last year so it's like okay okay my daughter knows they definitely cannot repeat the same one because yeah. someone will have known the number so we go to commercial they come back it is sweat or savvy but both challenges are a little bit different um savvy i thought this was actually pretty cool mm -hmm. it was a series of bones that were made to look like num they were figured in a way to look like numbers and you had to come up with the highest whole number possible the greatest whole number possible and then sweat was digging until you found your flint mm -hmm. um in a certain area and the two tribes have to uh um have to go through that sammy first up 
mentions, oh, I'll do sweat because we lost that challenge. And I love it when they spearhead that with a confessional, match it up right away. And you have Owen going, why, why? I don't want to do, <laughs> I don't want to do sweat. Let's all work together on Savvy. I know that I'm going to be the next physical player out here who's going to have to do sweat with Sammy. Let's mm. please not do that. Uh, they chose, they chose to do Savvy. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Sammy just saying, every little thing can be used against you in Survivor. Like those little anecdotes are, are crazy in this game. Um, but eventually, how did you find, did you, do you think you would have been good at this? Savvy? Before we get to the answer, how, do you, how did you find this Savvy challenge? Yeah, I, I mean, it looks simple. And I think they said it's twice, right? You can move two of the bones and just one time yeah. and that's it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in theory, it looks easy, just like the triangles last year. I, I think in general, that's something that with four hours time, you should be able to get. But it is one of those, just like Lindsay said previously, yeah. right? You could be you know, confident in yourself that you could pull it off. And then just the, the heat and the pressure and the stress. I don't know about you, but like this happens a lot, even when I'm playing in games, right? Where you'll make a decision. And it's like, how did like you, because you're in the moment. And like, why did I do that? Like, it was it was just like a flustered decision. So, you know um but given the fact that you're working as a team you have a chance to like talk and say it out and then remember last season or two with jenny they were shouting stuff out she's like no no like guys, <laughs> just just stop <laughs> i gotta do yeah, this they here. said let's count the." i think there's something along the lines of they said let's count the triangles last season let's count yeah. the triangles and she's counting she's at about in her head 35 40 somewhere around there and someone goes done 12 and she goes oh so that's the way this tribe is gonna go okay all right now i know yeah yeah you guys are idiots around me um i learned from this there's also there's not to put everyone in a box but there's two types there can be two types of people those who think inside the outside the box and those who can take an idea and run with it Mm. and i learned through this challenge just watching it i am a take an idea and run with it because i would have not thought of sammy's idea of taking making it more numbers than just the four that was originally there Mm -hmm. but i would have figured out like i think it was ellie did what the highest number would be based on figuring out that hack of it right Right. so i wouldn't have thought of taking those two bones out to change a zero to one one, yeah make it two ones but then i would have been able to work out well where do we put the last two for that last one to make it the highest number possible um and so you're saying you would not have won that's what you're saying I would not have won if it was me on my own, but luckily this challenge is designed. It's all six people. Yeah. So we're that's good. a good observation. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think given time, I would like to say I could have got this, but this is totally ambiguous and I have no evidence to back this up, but yes, I would have pulled it off. No problem. And amazed my tribe, just like Sammy, man, he's got guts too, right. To be able to have that confidence to say, guys, I got it. I have the inspiration. Yep. And even at, like, even as he's moving, I'm like, what if they do the wrong, like, what if he puts it the wrong way, but he did it. Well- they reveal and that slow reveal was really cool. I, as they were revealing, I was thinking to myself, they broke the challenge and it's not going to be right, but it's right. Gonna be, it's going to be the right answer, but it's not going to be right. They broke the challenge. Well, Cause the examples that they gave were not, they listed like a few different op- yeah. like options. So you, you, they have even production thinking, like it's gotta be a variation of the four exactly. numbers. And as you said, to think outside the box, that kind of thinking in that moment, to not just rush to a decision is good on him. And as a 19 year old who, you know, wants people to think he's 22, but he, uh, he, he's smart. He's smart. And he's got a good like opportunity to make a name for himself. And he does it a lot of pressure to throw that out there, but everyone's on board and they pull that down. I'm like, wow, that's the best moment of the episode so far. 
can't yeah. be topped. But then immediately after, we jump back, and the other tribe is digging, and it's, I think, Ryan and is it Geo that he's with? I think, yeah, uh, Ryan and Geo are digging together in there. And first, while they're digging, that's where we get the confessional from Ryan about mm. um about being born what he said three mild, months premature mild cerebral and palsy, mild yeah. cerebral palsy which you can actually catch in his speech a little bit um uh but he's done the, his family and himself have done a lot of work to uh get him to the point where he's you know he's a very physical player and has has done really well for himself through the challenge of mild cerebral palsy mm -hmm. um, growing up with that. And, and it's really, again, another one who's inspiring on what, uh, what he's done. And so he's out there digging and then thinking through this challenge. And I can tell the look on Gio's face, Gio, I don't know that Gio's really that excited about, um, about digging in that challenge. No. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be either. So I don't put any blame on Gio for not being excited about that. Cause I wouldn't be either, but uh but he is not not thrilled about doing that. Yeah, uh, but they, yeah, they were. I was gonna say too, Ryan. Like, so I think I have written down here that he's twenty five, mm -hmm. um, and having been through that, yeah, just physically, we see that later in the immunity challenge as well. Just dominant gets down and helps him, but uh, also just very strategic and making the X. And again, you always wonder when, just like Sammy, if someone has an idea, is it gonna turn out poorly? But his idea to do the like, let's work, make an X, and like work towards each other or towards the middle and just dig yeah. in this area i to be honest i don't fully understand it but whatever he did he covered a lot it of worked. ground and they got it in seemingly no time because that yeah. to me is one of those challenges where you just assume like in past seasons where they got to do the buckets of water that it, it's going to take a good chunk of the time yeah. i don't think we ever saw a time stamp on it but it seemed to be relatively early into those four hours that they got yeah that's what it seemed supplies. to be it seemed that's what it seemed to me too it was relatively early in that maybe i don't know 45 30 to 40 minutes in which is still pretty early in that maybe earlier maybe a little bit later but yeah i agree that it uh, it felt pretty quick based on the editing of the show and i would assume that it was pretty quick as well um in in that so they did yeah ryan came up with a great great strategy i understand it i don't get it i don't get the logic in that x the x uh they just wanted to cover as much ground as possible um, I don't know the math or the geometry behind why an X covers the most ground. Um, maybe someone can break that down for us in a future episode, but, uh, but that was their goal. They came up with a clear strategy and they covered a lot of ground in the middle specifically mm -hmm. while still being spread out. Um, but either way it worked, it was the right call and they found, uh, found the Flint. So everyone's got Flint on day one, which is happy, happy ending for all the tribes at the end of the episode. We'll see you later. Fire represents yeah. your life. And yeah. Andrew, when your fire is gone. So are you? It's been a long time, you? man. It's been a few months. You're putting me on the spot. So <laughs> are you. Spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to ask you, what do you think about Sammy's decision to lie about his age? Because I think he gets into that right after this, where he's sharing that he was he's 19. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to be underestimated. Yeah. He says, I'm 22. What do you think about that choice? It's an interesting call. I mean, we saw two seasons ago, Xander um, was the 19-year-old out there and got a bit of a rap of being a um, little aloof, I think, at times. And uh, maybe people are threatened as well by someone being so young and not, not wanting to trust that, or I don't know exactly what was going on there. Um, but 
the youngest of players typically don't have too, too much success. I know Xander went all the way to the end, but then really struggled to get votes in the finale. And mm-hmm. so younger players typically don't have a ton of success. There's a couple younger winners. Michelle Fitzgerald was pretty young as a winner. Um, but he, he wants people to think that he's older than that. The other thing with Sammy, the, the age thing didn't really stand out to me. It was that he has a confessional about how they can use kind of every little thing against you. And he doesn't want people to know how smart he is, um, necessarily right off the hop, but then he has two moments in this Mm -hmm. episode where he really steps up with good ideas and, and, and smart calls. The first one being, um, in the savvy challenge where he brings that up um about he he figures out the ones and expanding the number and then there's a second one later on i believe it was in the um, the fire started didn't he he got uh yeah got the fire started and there's something else that we'll get to but there were there were just a couple of those moments where he stood out right away and uh and that kind of went against what he told us he was going to do earlier on Mm -hmm. it's an interesting conversation same with gabbler right about the age thing and as much as you you don't want to be biased or even think of that when you're watching the show i think the reality is for me when i when i think of a 19 year old i'm like well maybe they'll be brought along for a while but they i don't think they'll win and same with someone who's a bit older and gabbler and uh sammy identify that right like that our age is a factor and so just to be aware of it and Gabbler, too, does a good job, as you see in this episode. He's a little quirky. He's a few major stumbling moments, I think. But yeah. he also makes an effort to be social and to mm-hmm. tr- you know talk a little bit with Ellie about um, you know metal rock music, right? So trying to see from past seasons what has happened, to learn yeah. from those, and same with Sammy, and then to try and, and not repeat the same thing, not become another one on that list of people who were voted out taking taking his notes a little bit out of the mike playbook right mike was the older mike from last season was the older guy who did a really good job with the social game and actually caring about um everyone around him and it it helped him progress through the game where he wasn't he was i mean physically mike was never a liability anyways but that really helped him in the game where he was this social guy that everyone appreciated he learned they people learned from him he learned from from everyone um yeah and and him taking that out of his out of mike's playbook is um i think is a good good call because we really like mike at least i really like mike uh for the most part um as we go in post the sweat and savvy challenge noel and just justine are loving each other on vessi they're getting along you start to see the little breakouts of people walking along the beach together down some paths together um we used to hear, I had a, I laughed out loud almost at this. We used to hear all the time people say, yep, a thousand percent. I'm with you a thousand percent. We're doing this a thousand percent. And the new thing is not a thousand percent. The new thing is if I hear your name, I'll let you know. Hmm. And that happened five or six times. I think you can count throughout this episode of if I hear your name, I'll let you know, which is basically a, I'm not non-committal committed to working with you. Right. <laughs> Um, it's the new promise yeah it's the new it's the new promise i'm not quite promising you that i'm going to help you but i will let you know if your name is thrown out um which i wonder if someone will actually hold up to if they need to Mm -hmm. this is to where uh cody again party guy he he starts i think he's smart for this he actually throws justine under the bus yeah just what you got to do right that initial time that's what terrifies me the most man imagine getting there especially on a tribe of six people and being like okay how do i get 
in the majority alliance here. There are not a lot of numbers to work with. So you're just doing what you can. And I think we see the two, Noel and Justine, talking. And Cody smartly throws Justine under the bus saying, well, yeah, she's you know in sales, which is a stereotype for salespeople. Um, you know, we should probably watch out for her because she's really yeah. good at manipulating or, you know, tricking people or yeah. getting people to do what they want. Meanwhile, he, he's, Cody is his, none other than an elevator salesman, an elevator. which makes you think, who's he selling elevators to if he know if he's giving that that rep of salespeople? It honestly, that sounds like in the same category as a car salesman. And if there's any elevator or car salespeople listening, uh, this is a stereotype, but there's some truth to it, I think. And I think Cody's going to have a hard time shaking that stereotype because he does come across as a kind of, <laughs> what did he say? Right. In, even in the intro, he's like, uh, I, I kind of spent some of the, some, this money already. So I, I really need to win the, the million. <laughs> I really need to win. So a I little shady, back. a little shady, right? Yeah, but, a little much. He came out, uh, he came out, he came out guns blazing in this episode for sure. And this season, um, the Baca tribe, we also saw Ellie. Here's another one of these stories. Ellie tells a story about her sister um and losing her but not just losing her in death but also in that she looked up to her sister and then she mentioned a family trauma but didn't i don't think she said what the family trauma was but when they were kids or, or young adults um and then that led to kind of losing her sister to uh drugs as well and, and not speaking even though she was her hero and then eventually losing her to an overdose and just the the difficulties that come with a story like that um and trying to reach out but not being able to i think um that uh, that really plays a role that obviously is really going to play a role in her life and it's playing a role in her survivor journey now and we'll see how that plays out but it was um one of those stories to the heartbreaking stories that we hear um as well in in real life yeah it's interesting in survivor too because that moment was very powerful our kids who are again seven and five asked that we didn't catch it in time and they're asking what's like what's an overdose and we did our best we do believe in talking to our kids but also appropriately so trying to talk through that but um just that it's it's really tragic right if someone yeah. gets to a place where they're really hurting and and kind of talk through what addictions are and, and a little bit of mental health and kids today are pretty emotionally intelligent it's you know yeah. there, there is a real emphasis on that and we my wife and i do try to to talk to them about that. So we had a little conversation about it and just identify that this is really sad. Um, and it, but it's interesting too, how that sharing that story, uh, this sounds crass, but actually helped her strategically because it immediately forms a bond. And I'm not saying in any way she threw this out there to oh. manipulate people. It was a very genuine moment, but by her sharing that, that opened up her vulnerability and the two other women there with her there was that immediate connection. And that's, that's, as I said earlier, like, how do you get like that, that tribe of six? How do I get in with people? A, a moment like this will lock you in pretty close uh, with people right away that you don't even know versus just some small talk around the campfire. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally like agree with that. When you get to know someone, you know, something intimate about them um, in a situation like this, whether that strategic... You wouldn't tell a story like this as strategy. It plays anything in Survivor is inherently almost always strategy anyways or plays into your gameplay in some mm. sort of way. But you don't tell a story like this because you want people no. to like you strategically. You're telling a story like this because you're being vulnerable in that moment and people are getting to know you better and you're getting to know them better. 
um as well, well. especially if it's just, a big part of your life too like yes. this this is like a legit major exactly. trauma in her own journey so to bring mm -hmm. that up is it make it's totally appropriate because that's something that would be on your mind yeah. every day and inspire you to play versus like yeah like a stretch of a story right out of the gate to try and get sympathy or yeah. <laughs> throwing way back to a, that season where the guy was lying about his uh you know, grandmother, grandmother, passing Johnny, away, fair, right? Johnny, yeah, not was that so Johnny, fair play, Johnny, not, fair play. <laughs> Johnny, not so fair play. <laughs> yeah. So that's a bit of a jerk move, but yeah. nothing, nothing malicious here. And, and actually no. a very moving moment yes. to hear Ellie. Um, and I, I really, I gotta say, I really, she's a psychologist too. And there's a few times this episode where I'm like, this is a player, just the way that she's coming out of the gate that that's, I think that's how I would play like a very, um honest like wear your heart on your sleeve a bit of a vulnerability to try and build genuine connection and see where that takes me and as well later on to use some of that skill set that she has even in diffusing so like oh, yeah we'll, we'll get into yeah, that we'll get to that, that but that we'll was, get into that moment sure. man it took her 2.5 seconds to do that yes um but not so everyone if, can do that right not no. everyone can can rein that in so anyway we'll get that to there but that was that one that one's gonna come up i'm impressed with ellie so far yes we'll see where that goes I, I and who were who were the two uh who were the women there that she was with would that have been uh that would be well the women on her tribe are mariah and janine okay yeah so that would be who she was uh he, she was speaking with in that moment um also as we move forward the coco tribe uh, Lindsay tells the, here we go again. I got your back. If I hear your name, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. And then Lindsay wants to bring in James and James setting himself up really well here knows has a couple people that he wants a couple of the guys he wants to work with, finds out all the girls want to work with him. And he non-committal just goes, I'm in a good spot. Then people want to work with me. That's the goal. We got to mm -hmm. figure out how to move forward. Um, and he mentioned something about wanting to be a King as well, but we'll get there. Uh, we'll, we'll get there later. Well, he's a chess player, right? Is that yeah. He's the chess player. Yeah. Okay. So being, yeah, the pawn, but wants to be the king playing like a pawn to trick people a little yeah. bit. So yeah. Act or act like a pawn, but play like a king, something like that. Yeah. 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 I like how you said I, that as if you didn't write the quote down right in front actually, of you. Actually, actually, I did not write the quote down. I just, I, I have just such a great memory. Yeah. I'm kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> I did not write it down. I can't believe I did that. Um, we move forward through some more camp bonding. Baca. They're trying to make that fire. Uh, Gabe, is it Gabler or Gabler? Gabler. Gabler. Okay. Um, he's wanting to connect with everyone, connects with Ellie over metal. Um, the, the fun confessional with Ellie going, I'm just pulling for my sister right now. She, she was the metal person. She was the me. fan. Yeah. She was the fan, but I'm just pulling out these terms and it seems to be working. So we're, we're doing well. I like that. How it's like, not like he, there's no follow-up questions. She's just listing bands. It's not like he, okay. Yeah. What song, <laughs> like what name, what are some of your favorite songs? Cause she'd be pretty quickly. You get stuck if you don't know that, <laughs> but he doesn't push her. He just asks some surface level. He's impressed. And then she, to her credit too, says like, I'm tricking him, but he's kind of a guy I want to work with. Yeah. So and it looks like they're, they're going to stick together for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to stick together. Uh, the Coco tribe, Gio and Carlo, uh, Carla uh, bonding over being married and LGBTQ. I thought there was a sad quote in that, um, in that where Gio said, you know, it's another, you're away from your family because you can get rejected by your family for, um, for living your, your lifestyle. And uh, another Christmas goes by and just my family's not with me here. And mm. no matter where you're at like that, that's a sad kind of reality and quote, um, I think to hear. 
Yeah, our son picked our five year old son. He's a real empath. He picked up on that. He's like, wait, he lost his family. And we didn't get too much into the story, but just to say, yeah, like his, his, some of his family didn't, you know, believe some of the things he believed and, and made the choice to not want to associate with them. And that would be really hard. That would be very, very hard. So yeah, they, they have that connection pretty quick as well. And both, yeah, both being Latino, right? He's from both being gay, both being married, being Latino um and just that connection and geo says that he's someone too like uh uh was it ellie from before yeah wearing his heart on his sleeve yeah and seeing how that will take him because he didn't do uh, when i saw him earlier to be honest in that first challenge right out of the block he was struggling he was the one that was a little bit further he was, behind he was struggling with the block he even he had a, a confession where he said said that that he struggled with carrying that block and felt like he needed to make up for it Right. So seeing that, but then again, seeing a player that wears a heart on the sleeve, I have a soft spot for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll benefit his game to be able to, to work in that social aspect. Um, we also see the confessional from Carla about speaking to everyone and kind of easing the fear of not being, ex- uh, not being accepted into the group and um, didn't really get into where that might come from necessarily, but, uh, uh, but yeah, she'd spoken to everyone and just felt kind of an easing, in that and geo ryan and carla look like they could maybe be a group mm-hmm. um but again this group's not well we'll get there but this group's not going to tribal council so they don't have to worry about it spoiler alert in case you haven't watched the episode and are listening to this for some reason uh spoiler alert that tribe coco is not going to tribal council um and then the vesi tribe jesse with a very cool story mm-hmm. um going from uh, being a member of a gang uh, talking about some tattoos that he had taken off just from that uh, that time in his life, um, being in a juvenile detention center, juvenile hall, and now has his PhD. Um, did did a test and uh, it was it had a lot of like success in IQ through a test and ended up taking his PhD and really. So that was like a turning point for him, right? Yeah, deciding to take and working to take a different path in life than the one he was on. Just an inspiring like a very cool inspiring story mm-hmm. yeah it's funny just today we, we had a, a staff retreat for uh youth unlimited it's a youth organization right. i worked with here in toronto and uh one of the um the former executive director uh or sorry one of the other co-workers often will ask people about their tattoos as just an entry point to conversation because they tell a story and i think that's what was happening yeah. there on the beach that they were talking about cody's tattoo and then that came up as well, but that led to, yeah, his whole kind of unpacking of that part of his journey. And uh, Steph, my wife, she, you know, did a placement for a year in uh, prison and just, you know, has a, a real heart for justice and just seeing some of these stories of, yeah, of like reconciliation and the value. I know we're not going to get into all of this, but just people yeah. growing up, you see like his, up. he talked about his upbringing was really, really hard. There was a lot of drugs and stuff in the home and with his parents. And then that leads to his, some of his early life choices, but to have that turning point, and it's beautiful what he says as he works through juvenile, has that turning point, gets his education at Berkeley and Duke, I think as well. Um, He says, I want to be an inspiration to other young, I would imagine young men, but young kids or anyone who's in juvenile right now thinking they're not going to amount to anything because that's how a lot of youth feel, right? They just get in these places and it's like, that's their world we all remember being younger and like, that is all, you know. Um, and for many youth, even today, feeling very hopeless, feeling very stuck and to be a, a, a testimony there of, of a, of a life change and transformation and being a positive example. 
uh, really powerful to see that. We've seen that a past in the past few seasons with a few different stories. Like, um, uh, who was the who was the guy? I think last season where he he was uh, remember he was sick in the hospital, and he talked about how I'm here now, and any kids watching right now on you know her in the hospital i hope it's an inspiration he had the curly hair um oh green oh, tribe oh man it's not coming i'm totally i can picture his right face now. anyway well someone else will remind yeah, us later we'll have but to get back to that one anyway just like it actually the stuff actually really matters right to see someone who's walked your shoes a little bit walked in your shoes or walked that life uh is very powerful to hear uh his story in that and, I, and truly like if <laughs> again we work with a lot of youth in the community you see some youth heading down certain paths and have a positive role model like that on TV, who's made a, a major change in his life. Uh, you were talking about, powerful. sorry, just from last season, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Yep. Exactly. Anyway, so I was very moved by that. It was very emotional. And and I really actually like yeah. his attitude as he's going to this game. I think he's going to go very far. He's an early pick yeah. for me. And Steph as well was really uh, on his side. Yep. Then we go from there. And a boat comes to each beach. Um, at first, we just see a boat come to one beach. And I'm thinking, is something happening here? Because last season, first episode, boat comes to a beach and someone gets medivaced um, because of a... Well, that was Jackson, uh, I think. That was Jackson, got medivaced uh, last year, pulled from the game um, last season. But, uh, but a boat comes to each beach, picks someone up, takes them over. And immediately, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. The journey... Uh, it's one of two things. It's either that prisoner's dilemma that we've had quite a few times, or it's a choose rice for your tribe or choose an advantage for yourself. Um, and they got to go through the water. They really made it sound like that was a treacherous trek through that water. I know it was deep um, and maybe it was difficult, but we didn't see much of it anyways, but they made it sound like it was a pretty treacherous trek uh through that water to that giant those rock. slippery rocks yeah exactly yeah those did you say who it was the three people you had Lindsay, gabbler and dwight uh, uh carla went. carla gabbler and dwight oh sorry carla yeah carla yeah. gabbler and yeah. Dwight. yeah yeah they they all get to go from a various range of ways of picking someone to go mm -hmm. um they all got to go and yeah get to that island get to know each other a little bit make a decision and then again the theme here is same but different is that fair? Um, it's it's a similar call. It's risk your vote or don't risk your vote. Um, but you get to know what everyone else chose right in front of you mm -hmm. in that moment, but you don't know your results mm -hmm. in that moment. So Gabbler tries to fake out everyone and make them think he's not going to go for it, but then he actually does. Um, and uh, Carla decides no risk. Gabbler risks and Dwight risks. So they have a 50-50 shot. One just straight up loses their vote and one gets an advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I say this, I know we've said this a lot in the past, like why would you risk it early on? But as you watch that and try to put yourself in their shoes, it's like you come all this way, you get on Survivor and then you're like one of three, you know, they go even further to this little advantage yeah. to not risk your vote, to just do the, the safe route there. It would be very hard to yeah. not do that and get on Carla for having the self-discipline because the odds are not great in that situation for no. er, that early one in six, your vote means everything. Uh, yeah. And she holds on to kudos to her. But I, I think increasingly I'm like, maybe I would, maybe I would risk it or try and bluff people a little bit because like, why not? Right. And I think early, I mentioned Lindsay, I had a note here before she had said this line on the beach that I'm not scared of survivor. I'm scared of not being able to play. 
And I think a lot of contestants, yeah. like, yeah, all of us just dream of like, oh, even just getting to Survivor would be a dream. And it would to walk on that beach. But then you get on the beach and you look at those other 18, 17 contestants and you say, well, I don't want to just be a number here either. I don't want to just be a nobody that's forgotten. I want to do my best to try and make big moves and take advantage of these opportunities to play this game that we love and have dreamed about. So yeah, what about yourself? Would you? Oh, I don't, I, I think I would more, I would lean towards the risk in these situations, just the, the wonder of what could be right in, in survivor lean towards the risk, go mm -hmm. for it. What could be, what if I get it? If I don't, then I'll adjust from there and, and figure out what I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would lean towards that, but you're also out there. There's part of it of you're playing survivor. You got to go for it and just find the right time to go for it. Maybe Carla in her mind went, no, this isn't the right time. The right time to go for it will come later. We got to go status quo until the status quo changes, right? Mm -hmm. um, steal that line from uh, from National Treasure. Well, and I'm amazed. Great, great movie, by the way. Changes. Yeah, um, change, change it in our childhood. favor. You know, I, I think I would be more worried about just going in the first place. Like if I got nominated yeah. or drew a number, like I would be in my head thinking, great. Now they're going to five of them the whole time are going to talk about me. I'm amazed. It seems something has shifted in the game a little bit in recent years. Same with when people get advantages or idols, but even that opportunity to go, I feel like it wasn't that long ago where people would rally together and say, look, this is like an obvious first vote. If we go to tribal, let's pick on whoever it is here. Cause they, at least to have that conversation, which maybe it did, but I'm amazed it's that that's not more influential, but it seems that many seasons, these even like literal advantages or at least the opportunity to have one yeah. doesn't really sway a lot of people. People the ebb and just flow, quick to jump on that. Yeah, the ebb and flow of the early game of Survivor. Early on, you're talking seasons one through 15. The first person out is someone who's out there, didn't really understand what they were getting into or physically is just not up to par and they, they can't help anyways. That's who gets voted out early on in those first couple of seasons. Then... I think maybe there's a bit of players got scared of the game and started voting out big threats too early or voting out someone who was just outlier um, or trying to pick apart someone to push them away right away at the beginning. And now we're back into a spot where you've just got, you've got to make the right decision to keep yourself going. And it's a smarter, I think it's smarter decision-making now. You're mm -hmm. not just, you're not necessarily going for the, weakest link physically you might that might be your strategy but you're thinking through what's going to be best for everyone around me and not just let's get through it or let's try to do too much too early right when are you going to write your thesis on the history of survivor <laughs> I, uh, well i don't uh, i don't i do not have a thesis on the history of survivor. you know a lot you you know get kel in there we get a few other uh, big fans I, there's a guy apparently at, um, well, not apparently, I heard him on, Rob has a podcast. He's at McMaster University in Hamilton that mm -hmm. does a course now uh, about Survivor and incorporating that into a lot of oh, like really? social issues. Yeah, just like around the corner from us here. Interesting. So, yeah, he wrote us on Twitter. Remember once we wrote from the, the, the account, the Survivor at Home account? Oh. And he, he's like, hey, let's talk. Let's chat sometime. But never did, I never did follow up on that. But anyone listening want to study some Survivor? Uh, go ahead and look at McMaster University. There you go. There you shout go. Out, shout out to McMaster University for that one then. Yeah. Um, okay. We're getting ready for a challenge here. 
But first, 30 minutes without fire comes on the screen for Vessi. They had gone a, more than a day without fire. They can't cook anything. If, they, if they're able to catch anything, they can't cook it. Um, they don't have warmth at night. I don't know how cold it gets at the nights in Fiji, but, mm. uh, but I'd assume there'd be a little bit of a, a chill. They don't have any fire for heat. Um, just general camaraderie. And then Justine is like, no, I'm, I'm determined. We're going to fix this. Um, and, uh, and she does, she fixes it, gets fire started. Uh, they had a moment earlier in the episode where they got it started and then it went out right away and they didn't get it back for another 24 hours or something like that. Um, poor drive had a tough, tough go early on. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Dwight tells them the truth. And I think the whole truth about his situation, but I wasn't clear at that moment if he told them about the lost vote or not. Um, but Cody uh, overthinking the game, maybe, maybe right to do it is very skeptical of what Dwight's story actually is. Even mm. though we know he basically told everything. Um, That's a cruel thing about the game, because no matter what story you tell, I mean, you can tell when people are lying generally, if, especially if they have this outlandish story, but some of the details of even what they did were kind of random. So yeah, uh, again, it's survivor. You're supposed to be suspicious of everyone. I would have questioned that too. Even jokes like, yeah, dump yeah. out your bag, <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't buy it. But yeah, you're right. He did tell him, I think he did say literally everything that could happen that he would even go and see what it was and share it with them. Yeah. He did tell people later on just a few minutes later that he did lose his vote. I just didn't catch if it was part of his story or not that the lost mm -hmm. vote could come into play, uh, which means though at the Baca tribe gabbler, telling everyone again basically the whole story and he gets immunity idol and his whole tribe knows about the immunity idol isn't that lesson 101 andrew it, well it was like i said though the last few seasons we've seen people just basically wearing an idol around their neck the whole time and still not getting votes people don't flush it out it's very strange that's what i meant like the game yeah. i agree with you there's more intelligence to not just go with what we think ought to be or what past seasons have done at the same time, I, I maybe I, I am just a bit old school. I feel like if someone has an idol that everyone knows about and they're and, and they're not like the goat little G goat that you want to just take yeah. to the end, then yeah, try and get that well, out pretty quickly. No matter how the game flows and how the game changes, one thing remains constant. Information that you have that no one else has is one of the most powerful things. Mm-hmm. And so if you have an immunity idol or even know that someone else does and almost no one else knows that, that's more, that is powerful because that can give you open up one, you know, you know, safety Two, you can make a move based on the knowledge that you have that no one else can see coming. It can set you up for later N knowledge and information that you have that others don't have is super powerful in survivor. Mm -hmm. and uh, and he he did give away that whether it was a good decision or not he gives that away yeah but again how could you not because you've come back and everyone has watched the last well, few seasons so that's the other thing right a hidden immunity idol is different than than these trips where they you know the, where they play these these games of wit right but yeah there's no way around it because if you've already, unless you go for a outright outright lie about the whole story yeah. You got to show them. Otherwise they're going to ask, like show it. Like yep. we want to see what it says. Cause if imagine he came back and said, yes, I got an extra vote or yes, I, you know, whatever, some yeah, other small advantage, that. but I mean, the other thing is you could come back and just say you didn't risk your vote. Right. Right. And say That's like, true. it was risk my vote, not risk my vote. And you just say it, I didn't risk my vote. So I've got a vote. I didn't get the advantage and, and I'm good to go. 
and then no one no one knows the difference that's really the that's the best way that's the most solid way out of that except for if you opinion. go to tribal there's and one that's vote red and then people well, are like wait a sec <laughs> yeah someone was yeah. lying I don't know. I that that would scare me on that boat ride back. I'm like, was it was it clarified that because he got the advantage, did he get his vote back? I don't know if that was clarified or not. Yeah, he does not lose his vote, and he gets an immunity and he gets idol the that he okay. can use in one of the first, the one of the next two tribals. That I don't know if that's the next two tribals that they're in, or just the next mm-hmm. literal two tribal councils. I think uh, next his next. He said, "My next two tribals." Okay. I have an immunity idol for. Okay, that's what he. That's, that's what he pretty said. powerful. Then, yeah. Yep. Yep, very powerful. Okay, so let's move forward. Immunity challenge time. It's a long relay. There's a bunch of different stages to this. Um, uh, and th- someone will be the first person voted out. That's that's a crazy statement. Anytime Jeff Probst says that, someone will be the first person voted out of Survivor 43. Uh, that's a big moment because you really don't want to be the well, first Well, that's one. when you realize it too, right? Yeah. Because you've played in Survivor at home. And again, yep. we've done these online games and it sounds silly, but you're it's fun. People are making these videos. You get on, you meet the tribe mates. Mm-hmm. We play a few games, but then you play the first challenge for immunity and we'll we'll announce that say the, the losing team here goes yep. to tribal where someone will be the very first person voted out and even then you guys have put in in survivor at home yeah. hours of your life already leading up to it like you've been preparing yep. you made a video yep. you applied you've been like booking getting you know your schedule in order ordered in sushi to be eating and all of a sudden you're like one hour into this game on right night one yeah. i might be going home if we don't win this challenge yeah Yep. And even going into that, that tribal, you just, you never really know, am I a hundred percent good? You think you can think you're good, but what if you're getting played? Right. And you just don't, you just hashtag Lindsay. I did not vote Lindsay out. I was a part of that tribe, but I did not vote Lindsay out. I will always remind people of that because some people, some hosts get, uh, get upset when, when that topic comes up um anyways uh so through the first couple stages the the mud um crawl digging under that log through the wood trip wood chips stuff like that um uh they're all even pretty well uh blue tribe coco they're the first ones that go up the that go up the ramp um ryan's becoming a bit of a physical leader on that group very good on him Vessi get up that ramp as well um uh coco his pants james losing his shorts the whole way up twice (laughs) twice because he tried to go up loses his shorts on the first way up can't finish then reset someone came down ryan came down yeah it was ryan that hopped down and got him hopped down helped him and he's still losing his shorts on the his shorts he's he's standing on ryan's shoulders he's grabbing the hands of everyone above him and his pants are on ryan's head (laughs) because they can't teamwork man (laughs) teamwork Teamwork makes the dream work oh man it was uh classic so then we get into the last stage i thought this was really interesting the last stage of the competition is a table top challenge with a ball rolling we've seen these before but there are three different styles Mm -hmm. and right away it was a small moment but people might have caught it Lindsay says the maze is the easiest because you can't fall off the maze there was no way to you get caught in a weird crevice but you can't fall off the maze Mm. so she called out right away good for her really good observation yeah really good observation well we had to see if it was going to work or not because that straight shot 
if you could figure out the angles, that straight shot could be really easy. Mm-hmm. And the obstacle one is a classic survivor one. We see that all the time. Uh, usually every season you see it once or twice, that obstacle one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but Coco proves it. Lindsay was right. And she did the maze. So that's part of the reason why they were able to be right because she was confident in that. Believe you can win. And, and she got it done um, with, uh, I'm not sure who else was working with her on the maze. I can't remember off the top of my head. But mm-hmm. they, um, uh, they finished that maze puzzle first. Um, and then Jesse and Noel took a bunch of shot, shots at that straight shot one. And finally figured out where when the two of them were standing side by side, the angle was off. So they switched over and, uh, and kind of, they were both holding the piece together as, as one, I guess, and, uh, and recovered well and, and got all three and Sammy and uh, Gabler just didn't work overly well together mm-hmm. on that. Uh, uh, they got oh. in the heat of the moment, they got a little frustrated with each other, which you can understand when you realize that the, it's slipping away, but, uh, I would get, I would get really frustrated in this. Like that's where your yeah. tongue would slip for sure. Just yeah. cause it is the, the smallest movement. So even I don't actually think Gabler was doing much wrong, but no, just, you feel like, well, what's the, what's happening yeah. here? Like, how did we, how do we not get it? It was that close. And that's the kind of, those are the little moments where you just, yeah. I could lose my cool or just snap at someone. It, and that it, it does speak a little bit into how much control Sammy does want to have. Mm-hmm. right because he wants so much control that he uh uh that the littlest movement by gabbler that might throw something off he got super mad at right away right and i've i've seen that before uh or you see that before where yeah just the control that he uh that he wants from that but at the end of the day they they come out of that and talk about losing sucks but with a loss the game starts right is what sammy said and they hold their heads up high and they're not showing the frustration with each other um after that the moment's over and they got to move on and head to uh head to a tribal council here Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because earlier in the episode we saw hints of it but we didn't know yet who was going to tribal but it did seem like baka was a little kumbaya not just like every team getting to know each other but they literally because i think it was owen tried to have some strategy early and he talked to gabbler i missed the comment but he said something to Gabler and he basically gave him the silent treatment or wasn't wanting to overcommit. And then he said the same thing, I think to Janine as well. And and it seemed like that team was just not willing to do much. They just really wanted to get to know. And even in the confessional right on the boat at the start, by the way, you sit on the bus at the start and it was the boat. They came in on the bus, Oh, but it's all good. Did it's I funny. Say- it's okay. It's the first one and it's funny. And people will laugh right in <laughs> okay. laughing. Uh, yeah, they were not. It was a water bus. Um, I'm, anyway. I'm glad you waited 45 minutes. For this. I didn't, if <laughs> I I'd just, gotten, if you had corrected me in the moment, we wouldn't get all these messages. Now I, I know, know I'm going to get a text from London, Steve. For sure, right away. For saying, sure, you that's will. not a bus. That's a boat. Remember that show on Sports Center for a while? Pardon the interruption. And the, yep. at the end, they'd always have the guy do the recap of like what they messed up. We yep. need to get someone like a London Steve or someone on to like listen live, and then just the last minute, just recap a few errors and names we said or facts that we got wrong oh boy although that would be a very long list i don't so. know if i want a fact checker on me because you tend to take when i throw out historical things you take them for I granted take it, that that's dude, right you could tell me anything about those early seasons of survivor honestly and i would yeah. believe you yeah i know so if i do happen to get something wrong which has happened in the past and i have been corrected in the past um uh yeah that would that i don't want that list to be thrown out there too okay much. i got an idea for everyone listening for this entire season of the podcast as you listen each week if you notice jordan says something wrong 
write in. And once in a while, we'll do a little draw with everyone that writes in and we'll give you a prize. Um, but then you also have to write something nice about Jordan because he's sensitive. <laughs> he is sensitive. As long as we're doing fact-based things and not, you can't come oh, up no, with no, opinion. I'm, no, no, I'm talking facts. <laughs> Straight like, hard facts. Season yeah. four, so-and-so voted so-and-so. And they say actually it was this person. That's what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, cool. No, because yeah, you do. You are a wealth of survivor knowledge. That's why you're here. That's why the fans love you. That's Great. why we pay you we a lot of money to be yes. the co-host of the Survivor. Yeah, don't podcast. give away those details too no, much. Here. No, but I was saying Mariah, even on the bus slash boat coming in on the water, uh, was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was saying, you know, some people come out here and they don't want to be friends, but that not me. I want to be friends. Like, and later we'll go out. I'll use the money and go get some pizza and a coffee or whatever with people. So it seemed that in this tribe there was a little bit of that reluctance to actually dive into the strategy which is so yeah. unique season to season tribe to tribe and they were able to i guess just coast in that and then they lose a challenge and all of a sudden it's here time we to be strategic well let's dive into the strategy because yeah <laughs> here we go we're diving in and gabbler right away coming out i know i have my immunity idol but i'm gonna play my shot in the dark uh, what why why are you what are you Everyone is confused except for him. Yeah. Everyone, everyone watching, watching is like everyone on the tribe is kind of like, okay, if you want to get yourself eliminated, you can go for that. Why would you do that? Um, it doesn't make sense. Like you're not this kind of new gift to survivor in that you're going to survive this and it's just going to be the greatest play ever. Like <laughs> there are risks to take that can help you win survivor then there are risks that are not worth it. Yeah. It's funny because normally, again, imagine there's six people. Yeah. You don't want to be one of the six. And then someone makes an idiotic statement like that. Generally, people would be like, okay, see, see you later. Right. But again, I think it's Ellie we were referencing before as a psychologist. She, I guess, has made up in her mind that she wants to work with him. Yeah. And so she's quickly jumping in there. Like, actually, like, basically, do you know what? This, this wouldn't be good. You don't play that there. It took her yeah. two seconds. Yeah. To, it took her one sentence yeah. to convince him that that was not happening. Not even that it wasn't a good idea, just that that was not happening. Right. And he decided, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I won't do that then. Did he say I that? Play, like, I'll just go back and the Gavin yeah, respond to that. He, he just said, okay, I, I won't play my shot in the dark then. Right. And that was it. There was no <laughs> like conversation. It was, Ellie going, get, being convincing, but just saying, basically, don't do that. That's not right. You shouldn't do that. And him saying, okay, yeah, I won't do that then. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. The audience can't see the face palm I just had out of that. Yeah, it's, no, he's not. Crazy. I mean, that kind of mentality with Gabler, he's not. He, I mean, I think that's more than just a lapse. I think that shows he's not maybe the greatest strategic mind, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe, he does have an idol. so Maybe he's playing that role right now so that in the end he can uh, turn it around and show you that he was just tricking you the whole time. We'll see. Um, the, this was the tribe where early on the girls wanted to work together. There was a couple of tribes like this, but this was one of the ones um, where the girls wanted to work together early on. But now Ellie and Janine, especially Ellie, is realizing, well, Mariah might physically hold us back like as much as we like her and mm -hmm. she's great if we keep her over someone like owen 
do we end up right back here at the next tribal council? Cause ultimately the goal is to not end up right back there at the next tribal council. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're talking through that. And then Sammy wants to work together with Mariah, which he needs to realize that she's not in the greatest position being the weaker one. Like you, you can't, you can't stick yourself to that. Cause that might leave you out of there, mm-hmm. out of this, out of this tribe mm-hmm. um, and out of the main group. If, Mariah, unfortunately, it's not like anyone's got anything against her other than they need to win and they need to keep the tribe strong and someone's got to get voted out. That's the tough part about something like this is everyone can be great, but someone's name has to be written down on parchment more than everyone else on the tribe. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where this is going. Um, Sammy's great. He's not able to hold himself back on, uh, on stuff. Here's the second, the second strike. We had the first one where he wasn't able to hold himself back and just right away, he gave us the confessional about, not wanting everyone to know that he's as savvy or as smart as he is in the savvy challenge. He immediately just goes, watch me blow your minds and kind of shows off a little bit, but does a great job in it. So cool. Good job. Here's the second one. They're in a group, a group chat of four of them. And, uh, and I believe it was Mariah who wasn't there. No, it was Owen who wasn't in this group. And, um, and uh, Mariah as well, I believe wasn't in it. This might get fact checked now. Cause maybe it was Mariah was in it, but, uh, but, they they said maybe we don't put up mariah and then everyone just kind of stands there the four of them and sammy goes well the only other person not in this group chat i don't want to be the bad guy but the only other person not in this group chat is uh is owen so if we're not going to talk about mariah then i guess we have to talk about owen because that's the only choice in that one he just kind of doesn't hold himself back in that Mm -hmm. uh and and stands out in front of the crowd when i thought he told i thought he mentioned he didn't want to do that yeah, I thought too from earlier in the episode because of Owens wanting to try and do some strategy and other people didn't. I I made me think that maybe he was in trouble too, and so I wasn't surprised when he was thrown out there as being a name. And I I think Sammy wasn't just saying this. I think he was identifying that Owen is the kind of guy later on that I might regret not targeting now. So they yeah, the, his name is out there too. Mariah's name is out there, and as you head into tribal. It's really Ellie and Janine, I guess, who are identified as the ones who have yeah. some sway here and have to make a big decision. Who's the first person going to be going? Does the the fact that that woman alliance, women's alliance, you know, do we want to do that? Because she's contemplating that when Janine comes yeah. back to her, or no? Do I stick with my gut and try and get at Mariah here? So, as Survivor Production does well, we head into tribal, not knowing who's going to be voted yeah. out. Um, and I, and as I said, heading in, I thought, I thought it was Owen if I had to pick. Yeah. You thought it was Owen. I wasn't sure. Cause I was really convinced that you got to try and win these challenges. We saw last season, the physicality of the early season challenges played a huge factor in saving that Taku tribe multiple times when they could have been decimated quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still got decimated. There was only three of them left by the end, but, uh, but yeah, they, they got decimated they could have been decimated even more if they didn't have Jonathan and Lindsay on that tribe. It could have been a lot or Taku for four of them. Um, if they didn't have those two though on that tribe, that tribe would have been in a lot more trouble than they ended up being mm-hmm. as a group of four. And, um, and so, uh, so yeah, I just thought like keeping the more physical player, I thought it was a smarter, de- I didn't know who they were going to vote out, but I thought it was a smarter decision if they were to vote out Mariah than Owen and, uh, and try to be a little bit physically stronger um, but voting out Mariah from a perspective of Janine and Ellie means that you do leave the women on the minority. The guys could band together. We don't often see 
the no. men versus women in Survivor. Um, it's ha- it does it has happened, but we don't often see that. Um, but there's always that back of mind fear um, on both ends of what if they banded together? Uh, what if the women banded together? What if the men banded together? And they just have an easy majority because at the end of the day, in a game where you got to vote people out, you have to find something to separate you. Mm-hmm. And um, and when uh, and out here they're finding that. So um, yeah, uh, but Janine and Ellie held the power of the vote. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then tribal council starts. Yeah, I, I, I like <laughs> Jeff asks, you know, so what's it like? Like you're here at tribal now, and what's it been like in the game? And Sammy's answer is like, honestly, Jeff, it's been like a joy. And Jeff's, you can see his eyes, and he almost like trolls him back, being like, "Did you guys really think like this is it? We're the final six. We don't have to play the game. We can just kind of coast in here." And a few of them yeah. do like interject and say, yeah, you know, like we, you know, we, we, uh, we were supposed to win the challenge. And Jeff's like, what do you mean you were supposed to win the challenge? <laughs> like, it's not how much you try. And there's like this, this initial start with a few of them, like this moral victory, that's what matters. And then Jeff and a few of them self-identify. It's like, yeah. actually, wait a sec. Moral victories don't do anything. If we're going to be here in city at Ponderosa. Yeah. Not winning survivor. Two- I had two things on this one. Jeff is absolutely floored. And so am I by the irrational confidence of the tribe. Like they've had two challenges, one of which was an immunity challenge. They lost it. They really struggled on it, yet they were supposed to win it. They have a little bit of the irrational confidence, which can be good at times, but is also not great when you're sitting there at tribal council trying to vote someone out. Um, and then the second thing was, oh, and, and we can relate to this based on the hat you're wearing right now. I've I've got enough moral victories in my home life with the teams that I support. I don't need any here. Right. Um, Reference and- to the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team, if you're not from yeah. this area, and they always lose. They're, they're kind of like the Buffalo Bills slash Jets slash Browns slash if you other organizations. If you are looking for a hockey team to cheer for, don't pick this one. No. We're stuck. Well, we talked about our kids earlier watching Survivor with us now, which is very special. They are also starting to get into hockey with us. And just asked the other day again, when is the Maple Leafs starting back up again? And it's, yeah, introducing them to a life of suffering. But... Yep. There are some joys along the way, but it's tough. Anyway, back to Survivor. Back to back to Survivor. Here we go. Um, uh, Owen talks about his, his sports teams and the moral victories. Gabler talks about everyone wanting to be the hero. Um, and then it's early relationship building. That's the interesting part is this tribal council comes, I think this is day two or three. It's super early. You've met these people literally two days ago. You're trying to get a good read off of everyone the difficulty of building relationships. And then also it means so early you only in this game are going to learn more and more about people that this is a fun kind of relationship building exercise, right? You're going to learn more and more, but to progress at any stage in the game, you've got to hit your wagon to someone. Mm-hmm. And what if you hit your wagon to the wrong person and you don't learn that for five, six, not, not even five, six, 10, 11, 12, 13 days. Well, 13 days is halfway through the game. What if you've learned that the one person or the two people you wanted to trust aren't the right people to trust? And usually when you learn that, you're probably on your way out of the game. But the scary thing would be to learn it and you're still in the game and you got to make an adjustment. Right. Um, yeah, I, I've heard um, there's a group in Florida, the uh, Survivor Vanquish. It's like an online or reality game similar to our Survivor at Home, but they played over a month. And um, I believe her name is Kristen. I'm sorry, Kristen, if that's not the right name, but 
really cool game. And, and I know they're connected through a children's charity and they often have former survivor players hop on as like prizes and they'll post it on Facebook. And I was watching just the other day and they had uh, Caroline from a few seasons ago sharing some wisdom and she was just talking about, um, yeah, like just some of the realities of, of what it means to be here at the game and making uh, the, like the importance of having like a ride or die. That was the question. And they asked her like, yeah. yeah, do you need to have that in the game? And she said, yeah, like it's so important to have someone that you like at the end of the day, you can trust them in, but it's just interesting because although that makes total sense to me, I think this, a theme that's come up a few times here is that you have to have like open hands too. And to say, yeah, if this person is like, if it's just them and I, and like everyone else is not with us, then maybe that doesn't serve me very well. Maybe I do have to be willing to flip flop yeah. and even break trust with this person that I said I would go that far with. I don't know that Caroline was saying, no, it's super important, but I just watched this. And like, you, you made a great point. Like what if that person, as you get further on, you're like, wait a sec, I've tied myself to someone who is not like, this is not going to get me any further. Yeah. And do you have yeah. that self-awareness to be able to uh, get them voted out and move on? Yeah. Get them voted out, move on from it. And, yeah, and what's your kind of contingencies on that? Uh, the tension all of a sudden at that point has picked up in tribal council. It's no longer irrational confidence. It's vote time. Um, the last thing, and I said oof to this, Owen with the whoever goes home is going to wish they sent a few more. They talked about the um, connections with people and they reference like calls and texts. Obviously, they don't have that technology out there, but it's just modern day language at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but referencing that in a comparison to, you know, building those relationships and, and setting the groundwork. And Owen says, whoever goes home is going to wish they sent out a few more texts. And then it just skipped to the vote. And my thought was, that's a line that you go home on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I thought he was going for sure. Yeah. At that point I was like, Oh, they're going to vote him out. Really? That's the way this episode is setting up. And then the votes get read Mariah Owen mariah 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 didn't lead the didn't read the last vote because it was for mariah anyways mm -hmm. which made it a 5-1 vote which is a unanimous vote in survivor the only vote not for mariah was hers where she voted for owen um and it's heartbreaking for her she had fun she loved the tribe um it's one of those like it, we haven't seen in a while someone get voted out and their confessionals are like they're upset and angry about it and not upset and angry because obviously upset about getting voted out, but angry at the tribe or feeling um, betrayed in a bad way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had a series of vote outs in C in survivor 42 where they were straight up blindsides and betrayals. And one after the other was good job guys. Oh, did you do that? Oh, wow. Good move. You're right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You're right. There was a real camaraderie there, a real camaraderie and still Mariah picks up that camaraderie as well i'm not sure what about survivor um and these groups of people that they're bringing out are fostering that camaraderie mm -hmm. um or at least telling the story of the camaraderie um that it's happening yeah i mean i we've talked for years about how when players get voted out or get blindsided or their alliance member gets blindsided people are like how could you do this how could it how could you betray me and as a fan you're always watching me like it's because it's survivor this is like the same thing is like written into the game. It happens every year. And maybe now, like emotions are real. Like we see it a lot. But I think maybe now it's just at a point where fans 
really just know it on that level of like this is the game and like yeah. it sucks like i would be i'd be devastated man if i went home first and oh. got all the way out there and watching with all like you know invite all you guys over all our friends family and like all right and andrew's the first voted out i would be gutted but at the end of the day i guess to the ability to not take it too personally and just recognize someone has to go and especially if you you played although she did she was self-aware she did say uh, like maybe I could have done more. I came to play like it was my first time and I should have played like it, it like I yeah. played before. So, but it's on her, right? She can blame herself for that. And not well, others. exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And that brings us to the end. Um, it looks like there's a bad storm coming next week based on the scenes from next episode, mm-hmm. uh, a bad storm coming. We don't often see weather get in the way of survivor anymore which i i don't think is necessarily a bad thing because they they get to play the game and uh and be safe out there but yeah it looks like a bad storm coming in next week i'm excited for this cast it's another like these people know the game inside Mm -hmm. out they we didn't get to see much of that we got to see a lot of the background story which is really cool to set the framework of of this season a huge story of survivor for the last couple of seasons has been growth and learning um and experience but at the heart of it it's a strategy game it's a it's survivor it is um outwit outplay outlast and the outwit portion uh is going to play a huge factor moving forward and we're just setting the groundwork for that so i'm looking forward to this uh this season and getting to understand this group more and more in their strategy and who's going to work together uh, is there anything in particular that you might be looking forward to any classic survivor moments um classic survivor moments i mean i i really like i don't know if this is classic because it's a newer uh tradition but just the the, uh the shorter days and the six you know the three tribes of six players it it really seems to be creating some great dynamics uh that i've grown to love even in the last couple years where before i was kind of a purist and it was like it's got to be the two tribes and that's the best way to do it i really love seeing tribes whittled down pretty quickly and seeing what they have to do like literally could have two players left so yeah that's not necessarily that's not a classic thing that happens in survivor but man i just love the show as you said at the start when that music cues up it brings you it snaps you right back in you've been away for three four or five months it doesn't matter it's like hockey you know when the hockey in canada the old theme song comes on like you're right back in fall hockey weather whatever that comparable is for you listening but uh yeah, I love it, man. And just as one point of reference to an earlier conversation, uh, the weather in Fiji, based on a quick Google search, in May, the average temperature during the day is 31 Celsius or 89 Fahrenheit. And the minimum average at uh, night is 19 degrees Celsius, 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So that's not too bad. That's night. not too no. bad. That's a little bit cool. Like, it'd be nice to have a fire at 19 degrees Celsius. It's nice to have the fire around you just in case it gets... You know a little cooler than that, but 31 degrees is it's warm. I would, I don't know what the humidity might be like in that uh climate, but it's that's that's a warm um that that's a good good temp. So, not bad, not bad weather that they have to deal with out there. I didn't know, yeah. I knew it would that's a good, I would have guessed around that, but that's a good frame of reference. Thank for, you for uh, validating my fairly insignificant fact at the end of the night. But, uh, what about you? Do you have any, <laughs> do you have anything that you're looking forward to? Anyone? I mean, deep, yeah, deep Go into ahead. the sea. It's always interesting to see deep in the season, how the real, the first real blind side 
comes into effect, right? Mm -hmm. That's usually after the merge happens. So you're talking four or five, six weeks from now, six episodes from now, when that starts to happen. But when uh, when the game shifts and, and a couple of people have to make that big move to make a first big blindside, what's that going to look like? And where is that going to land? And who's who's going to get knocked out by the uh, Russian roulette? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm excited to have some guests on next week. We're going to have our first guest co-host and most weeks we'll have that just some amazing contributions to that. Um, and we love, we won't do this week, but next week with our guests, we'll pick kind of some early picks and maybe some early favorites oh, yeah. uh, seeing, because uh, there's some great stories some great characters and even just seeing some personal, you know, past and current, uh, you know, uh, abilities or special different abilities, or even with Noelle and her journey of uh, being an amputee, you know, what will that look like, right? For their game. So some really yeah. new courses in the game of Survivor, but it's good to be back, man. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, anything else you need to say before we wrap up episode one of the podcast? Oh, it's great. It's great to be back. These episodes are so much fun. It's a highlight of the week for sure. And so I'm I'm happy that we were able to to get this back together. And I'm excited to see. We don't even know who our first guest is yet. We're gonna we're gonna be sorting that out and announce. Spin the wheel of death. Spin the wheel of death to see who is. It'll the probably lucky. be John Wani in that case. If we spin the wheel of death. <laughs> John Wani, always good or bad. The wheel of death leads yeah. to John Wani. Uh, it's always a good time with the wheel of death. Thank anyway. you everyone for joining us today and listening. Um, tell your friends, find us on Twitter, uh, at survivor at home on Twitter and at survivor underscore at underscore at home on instagram is that correct on Instagram? yeah just type in survivor at home you'll find us there uh and we'll put it in the show notes as well um and then wanted to say by the way the, the podcast is uh released every friday morning but yeah. technically we record this thursday nights so we always watch it and record it the day after because of our schedules and release it but if you're like a night hawk or you're working a night shift it's actually available usually thursday by midnight uh, yeah. So you can you can be one of the first to tune in and listen to that. Engage with us. If you have questions, last year more Please. than ever, we got some great feedback, emails, people uh, texted us. If you don't know us, go to the website, survivoratthome.com. There's a feedback form. We'd love to hear any contributions, whether positive or constructive criticism against Jordan. Um, we'd love <laughs> to hear it and uh, how we can do the show better. And again, if you, have, if you want to be a, a guest uh, or you have something to contribute to this, we'd love to hear from me as well or if you want to buy us a coffee yep. we'd appreciate that so thank you jordan thank this you. is uh really good to be back man i'm excited for the season and we will talk to you next week